Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! Yeah! I've been sitting here watching flicks till my eyes are red. Been watching Evil Dead and Argento's Deep Red. Been watching Night, Dawn, Dayland and Return of the Living Dead. And I feel no shame while my talk's profane. Just like Malcolm McDowell, I'm singing in the fucking rain. If you don't dig my shit, then answer me this. Why so serious? If you're into horror, cult, exploitation, or just kick-ass movies... From the badass to the just plain bad, check us out at jafnp.com. Just Another Fucking Movie Podcast is not a review show. We go beyond the screen to discuss the what's and why's of the genre's great classics. Licking cowboys and watching killers in black And watch this motherfucker take it in the head with an axe And say, hey, hey I'm digging Bruce Campbell saying, hey, hey Now I'm watching some drama saying, hey, hey Digging Ilsa and Olga saying, hey, 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 hey J-A-F-M-P dot com For the Bone Bat Podcast, where you can listen to Steve and Gord. It's a kick-ass digital broadcast where we've got dick jokes galore. Bone Bat. Son of a. That's gonna leave a mark. Welcome to episode 25 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. And this is Gord. How's it going, man? It's going pretty good. Yeah? How's it going with you, man? I'm, I'm doing all right. You know, usual, usual. I got a couple of things that piss me off, but we'll get to that later. Right now, I think I'd like to talk a little bit about the uh, music we're listening to. Yeah, check this out, huh? A little something different? A little yeah. something different? Who is it? Lefty Soul Connection, the band that puts the damn in Amsterdam. <laughs> They're from Amsterdam, huh? Yeah, these guys are from Amsterdam. Can I you had... believe that? And this is a this is a band that is a modern making music today band. 
This is not some old stuff you're listening to. This is this is new stuff. It's good stuff, man. It is funky. Very funky, yeah. I kind of dig it. Good. You should dig it. I do. We actually listened to this uh, in my car when we were coming back from shooting when you were down here. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And, and back then, you were, wow, that's pretty good. What is this? Cool. And then you bitched about the drums being pulled too far forward and talked was about that, how you Was that this it, band? But... No, I said the, the, the cymbals. I thought the cymbals were a little splashy. but you know, Oh, okay. That's what it was. That, was. that was my opinion of whatever that was. And that could have been the stereo system in your shitty Honda, too. <laughs> Excuse me? It's a <laughs> shitty stereo system in a shitty Acura. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. We weren't driving the Honda, which is my wife's car. Wait a minute. Who owns, nice. who owns Acura? Me. No, who oh, owns? who owns Acura? <laughs> yeah, not me. That would be Honda. Yeah, no, okay. Okay. I, I yeah, clearly, I clearly Acura was off is, base. <laughs> is by definition the non-shitty part of Honda. What am I talking about? I love Honda. Honda products have potentially saved my life. I'm a believer in Honda. We got to get sponsored by Honda. I'm not slamming Honda. I'm slamming the speakers. Because screw you, Microsoft. You had your chance. We're going to get sponsored by <laughs> Honda now. I'm just saying that your speakers could be a little better for listening to this kind of music. I mean, Dude, my speakers could be a lot Why play better. this high-quality music through those shitty speakers? That's all I'm saying. Because I'm a guy that's had my car broken into one too many times, had the stereo torn out. <laughs> <laughs> Besides, I'm not a commuter anymore. Uh, well, there's, that's a good point. Yeah, I was a commuter when I bought that car. Because mm-hmm. okay, I'm cheap. I'm a cheap fucker, that's why. There you go. So, dude, got any uh, political rants this week? Yeah, I do. Last time you wanted to talk about what a credit default swap is, so I'm going to talk about You know what? First, let it not be said. Let it not be said that I don't listen to people with whom I disagree. I listen. And you know, you know I'm 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 all about the gay marriage thing. I like I like the gay marriage thing. And since we started the show, more and more places have started with the gay marriage being legal. And the people with whom I disagree had told us repeatedly that this is dangerous to traditional marriage. It is an attack on traditional marriage. Okay, so check this out. I have a traditional marriage. Uh, You know, husband, wife, life in suburbia, two kids. You have a traditional marriage. So I I thought I'd just do a little little fact check now that gay marriage is uh, is legal. Okay. uh, How has it uh, threatened your your marriage? Uh, my, My marriage is not threatened by gay marriage. No? You haven't, like, gone out and sucked a dick or anything? Well, no, but I don't live that close to you. (laughs) Okay, yeah, good point. Uh, Yeah, okay, yeah, my marriage is still doing fine. To the best of my knowledge, neither uh, my wife nor I uh, has decided to abandon the family and and join a gay carnival or anything. Let's uh, let's check back in another six months or so and see if our... uh, Marriages are, are yet threatened, uh, <laughs> endangered by this whole gay marriage thing. I just wanted to check. Our, our marriages are probably more endangered by this podcast than gay marriage. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> Truth be told. Pretty soon the church is going to come out against our <laughs> podcast. It'll be out, outlawed in 37 states. <laughs> and you can't buy that kind of publicity. <laughs> yeah, okay, so a political thing that doesn't have a name, but maybe it has a name, but we're not telling you. Credit default swap. It's This isn't so much of a political rant as it helps you understand the political rants that other people are doing. Because we've been hearing credit default swap. You know it's a bad thing or you think it is. People be blaming people for the, the mess. And if you're like everybody, you don't even know what the fuck it is. So here's what a credit default swap is. 
It's like buying insurance on a house that you don't own. So, so I'm going to try to bring it down to real, real basic levels that you and I can understand. Okay. Let's say Snowy White. Snowy White from what? Radioactive Metal, right? Yes. Let's say he's got ten grand to invest. Okay. And he's a very responsible guy. He wants to be very careful with this money. And so what he decides to do is he invests that ten grand uh, with you. With, he buys a bond from Steve. Okay. 40 years, you've never filed bankruptcy. You have assets. You've got a house. Uh, you, you never defaulted on a loan. You're a pretty safe bet. So he's being really safe with his money. And you're giving him a great return. You're, you're giving him 10% on his money. So after a year, you're going to give him his 10 grand back. Plus another thousand. So what? Bucks. So what is he investing in? Is he investing in my mortgage, or is this just? Uh, yeah, like let's a, just say you're a company. You do something. You make okay bone hand T-shirts or something. Okay. And, and you're and let's pretend for the sake of this that you're actually doing really well at it. Okay. Okay. So he's invested the money with you. You're going to give him ten percent. You're going to take that money, buy a new bone hand T-shirt machine or whatever the fuck, and uh, it looks pretty solid. But. Snowy White is a really cautious guy, and he, he really doesn't want anything bad to happen this money. So he goes to insure the investment. And what he does is he comes to me, and he says, Gordon, I want to make sure I don't lose this money. And so I go, okay, look, if Steve goes bankrupt and can't give you your money back, I'll give you the ten grand back. And you got to pay me $100 for taking that risk. Okay. okay, still pretty sweet deal. So Snowy is being totally cautious. He's invested it with you. He's insured it with me. He's only it's only going to cost him a hundred bucks. So instead of a thousand dollars return, he's going to get nine hundred dollar return. Still get a good return. And you know, I'm me. I also have a good track record. I've got a house. I can I can afford ten grand. If something happens to you, he knows I'm good for the ten grand. Okay. So far, everything's cool. And then along comes freaking Jacob from Pinto Gigante. He doesn't even like you. He wants a piece of this action, too. And he comes up to me and he goes, hey, I hear uh, I heard about this deal you got. Steve goes bankrupt. Uh, if I give you 100 bucks and Steve goes bankrupt, you'll give me 10 grand. And me, because I'm an evil pinhead, I say, yeah, yeah, give me 100 bucks. I'll give you 10 grand if Steve goes bankrupt. So now I'm making money. I'm making 100 bucks. And I do the same deal. I do it with Brother D and his brand from Mail Order Zombie. I do it with all the guys from the obscure 80s. I do this with like 100, maybe 1,000 people. All these people that haven't even invested this 10 grand with you in the first place. Okay. They're all essentially betting that you're going to go bankrupt. And for a $100 bet, they hope to get 10,000 bucks back. So all these people are betting against you. And you know what? With the 1,000 people, I don't have 1,000 times 10 grand to pay back out. Right. Of course you don't. Yeah. So sure enough... You stop selling fucking t-shirts. And it's looking bad for you. You end up going bankrupt. Now you can't pay Snowy White his 10 grand back. Snowy White comes to me, he says, Gordon, I need my 10 grand now. Well, I, I can't give him his 10 grand because I promised all these people 10 grand. There's, there's no way I can pay it back. So I go down. That little instrument between me and Snowy White and me you and the guy in Pinto Gigante and me and Brother D... That little instrument, that little insurance policy that I totally couldn't back up, that's called a credit default swap. And that's what the problem is. Because it's not a bunch of little dipshit podcasters. 
and it's not 10,000 bucks. Hey, who are you calling a dipshit podcaster? <laughs> you. No, me, because I'm the little dipshit podcaster. Okay. So it's not it's not a little thing. It's a big thing. You got to get you have to have five million dollars minimum to get into one of these things. So it's like your city government or your your uh, retirement fund for the corporation or you know big big players. And instead of being me issuing these things, it's AIG, right? And it's it's absolutely freaking huge, and it's not regulated. And and here's why it's going to end the world as we know it. There's like $5 trillion of these things, as near as they can figure. $5 trillion of bonds that have been issued. And these guys are on the hook for $60 trillion of payout. Right. So once the dominoes start falling, once AIG goes down, suddenly Bank of America can't get its money. And then Bank of America goes down and Wells Fargo can't get its money. And Wells Fargo goes down and Boeing can't get its money. And your local school district, you know, all these dominoes fall because... Somehow, all these companies are counting on the sixty trillion, but it ain't there. Right. The the gross domestic product of the United States is fourteen trillion and falling. So, like, even if our entire GDP for you know six years, that's not even sixty trill. Huh. There's there's only like forty four trillion dollars in the whole world. <laughs> so essentially, because it wasn't regulated, a bunch of Greedy fuckers made a lot of promises that their asses couldn't back up. Okay. And once the dominoes start falling, gigantic things are going to fail. Okay. They, they bet more money than there is in the world. Let's back up a few inches here. Now, in the interest of preventing the dominoes from falling, in our scenario, you're on the hook for a lot of money if I fail, correct? Yeah. So isn't it your in your best interest to help keep me afloat and not let me fail because you're on the hook for far more than I am with my oh, yeah. t-shirt sure. machine. Yeah. So why wouldn't you instead of, you know, obviously the millions that you'd have to pay out in this insurance payout if I fail, why aren't you as the the holder of that insurance paying me or helping me out when I hit hard times. Yeah, maybe I am, maybe I'm not, but I don't have the wherewithal to help you. And you know what else? My company, MightyWombat.com, is the one that's on the hook. Me, Uh, personally, Gordon, I've already pocketed my trillions of dollars and I bought my island. So it's Mighty Wombat LLC or something like that. Yeah, that eats shit and then I walk away in my solid platinum tennis shoes. Got it. Yeah. So that's why it's so important that they don't let things like AIG collapse. They're, they're trying not to because Lehman Brothers went down and, you know, uh, another domino or two. It's it's the fucking end of the world. <laughs> so have a nice day. Yeah. So so what you leave us with that information. What do you do with that yeah, shit? You can't. Uh, what do you do? So why the fuck are you, you telling can, me about it? Well, because what's wrong be- with you? I'm not gonna be able to sleep tonight. I'm be calling you at three in the morning, <laughs> Gordon. The fucking AIG is gonna collapse and shit. Yeah, hold me. <laughs> what the fuck? And then when we do our fact check in six months, we'll find that we have actually formed a homosexual bond. I guess. <laughs> I guess that's it. Because I started holding you. <laughs> so I don't know. That really just pisses me off that you would bring that up. You know? <laughs> hey, I wasn't gonna do it. I was gonna do something else. But you wanted to know. Well, you, yeah, you started, though. You did bring I it did. up first. Yeah. I did start it. Shit. I had 
totally other stuff to talk about. Yeah. Well, isn't this a fun podcast? Next, we're going to talk about cancer. No. Okay, not really. We're not really. Okay, so you know what else pisses me off? (laughs) Besides the collapse of Western civilization? What is the deal with little boys and sticks? So it's after we're after T ball tonight. Hey, wait, what? That, why does that piss you off? That's the human condition. Every little boy knows it's, that there's a stick on the ground. It's you fucking pick it up annoying. It, That's it. why. So listen, shut up. All right. So after T ball tonight, I'm putting the gear away, and Thad and his buddy run around. There's like this kind of forest belt right behind the the T ball field, and so they're down there running around there, and Thad is chasing his friend around with like this big bush stick thing. <laughs> like Thad, put that shit down. Come here. I need you to help me carry this stuff. So I start dragging it to the car. I turn around, and he's holding a different stick. (laughs) So he put the bush thing down, but now he's got a different stick. Thad, put the sticks down. Enough. So he puts the sticks down. I turn around. I walk like another 50 feet. I turn around. He's joined me on the playground, and laying right there on the playground is another stick. So he picks that up. Like, put the fucking... Ah! (laughs) <laughs> then we get, we go six feet further, and I said, Thad, I said, Thad, I don't want to see another stick in your hand. That's enough sticks. We're going to go home now. We don't need any more sticks. I turn around, and he's got another stick in his hand. He says, this is not a stick. It's a piece of wood. Right. It's an overgrown twig, Dad. What the fuck is it with the sticks? They're just sticks. It's not like you don't, it's like some rare thing you don't see every minute of every day in Seattle. There's sticks everywhere. So, frankly, I don't see the allure. Sure, I, I enjoy a good stick as much as the next guy, but it's not like it's some rarefied thing. Yeah, but it's not just a stick. It's a sword or a lightsaber or, you know, a, a club. It's And it's pissing so your dad off. Put them <laughs> down. You're going to get in trouble. Did you say somebody's going to lose an eye? No. No. Oh. I, I didn't do that. But... God damn. I'm telling you. You missed a perfect opportunity. Kids in the fucking sticks. Enough with the sticks already. Like, we have special sticks around that we have to keep, like. <laughs> I, I'm putting stuff in the yard waste bin. Like, no, you can't throw that one away. Oh, God, no, of course not. Why would I? It's just like all the other ones in the yard. Anyway. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so today, little boys and their sticks were pissing me off. What's pissing you off, dude? Dude, uh, you know, it is, a, it is a kid thing, but not nearly as... Uh, as sticky is your situation just got a a nintendo ds for barbarian child and of course in order because he's barbarian child and because the, it is the way it's designed you need to put those little plastic screen protectors on the ds right they got the two little screens and so for like this this half a millimeter thick piece of plastic film that you got to put over the screen to keep it from getting all screwed up because it's a screen you essentially poke at with a stick uh, you gotta buy these little things, and it's like eight bucks for you know half a cent of little plastic shit to put on there that should come with the game in the first place. And I, so I, I buy them, and I go to put them on. I put on the first one, and I you know manage to stick it on without getting any big chunks of dust underneath it or whatnot. I stick it on the top screen, but I put the second one on, and that's when I realize they're they're different sizes, and like I put the <laughs> wrong one on the wrong screen. Even though the screens are the same size, right. you know, one's recessed. And, yeah, so then I had to go, like, I, I, I carefully peeled it off, and I promptly, you know, dropped it on the carpet and, had like, big chunks of <laughs> like dirt and crap pubic hair. and pubic hair. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing looks nicer on a new DS than a, a big pube. 
<laughs> between it's your... not a ds it's a ps <laughs> well you see where you fucked up is that you're a piss poor consumer for like 15 bucks you can get several screen protectors three extra little uh wandy things what do you call the little pencils because he's Stick. gonna lose those motherfuckers like they're going out of style and uh like several little holders for video games for like 15 bucks you can get like a little gift pack so you should have got that because that's a far better value. Yeah, see, and I mark saved $2 words. by buying those separately, but then I had to go back and buy more screen protectors, which, by the way, come with more sticks. So Right, yeah, you got to have the more sticks. I, We've got I swear. eight sticks now. We have two DSs now, and uh, both of them, we've, we've lost, those kids have lost like a million of the sticks. I don't even know. Dude, my, my older kid, he's had his for a year. Mm-hmm. He's lost exactly zero. Don't jinx styles. him. Oh, fuck. Sorry, dude. You just screwed him. Now he's going to lose it like it just got lost now. He's sleeping, but it's <laughs> lost. You fucked him. Hope you're happy. Dude, sorry. I shouldn't have done that. Here's another Here's another kid thing that pisses me off. Yeah? The fucking kid's social schedule like dwarfs oh, yeah. mine. Oh, my God, Like, yeah. this week alone, we've got T-ball, soccer practice, soccer game, T-ball game, orchestra night at the school. There's play dates. There's uh, Julie and Allie went this weekend, Mother's Day weekend. They went on a Girl Scout camp out all weekend. Just Jesus. The kids constantly have something going on. I hardly see my wife anymore. It's like, I, but don't I know you? I bumped into you. Or, uh, nice to see you again. Jesus Christ, Roy's just run the kids around. It's crazy. Yeah, and this month, May for me is just a real bitch because I got it's the birthday for both both kids and my wife's birthday and Mother's Day and my dad's birthday. And do try do you just try. Try to schedule a birthday party in any place that's not just your backyard or public park. And we we like a month before the birthday, like okay, you know, let's uh, let's schedule something. No, every every conceivable location is completely booked. You got to schedule a birthday party like 366 days ahead <laughs> ahead of time, with like two months deposit and a cleaning fee. Exactly, <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, yeah, so we're we're going to attempt to have a party where we go and see the Pixar movie Up, and like go to pizza afterwards, and well, that'll be cool. It, It'll be cool, or it'll be a complete clusterfuck. I'm with, looking forward to seeing up, so it, yeah, I think you're yeah. on the on the right trail there. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to seeing the sequel, yours. <laughs> you sure it's not going to be down? I'm sure. It's up yours. <laughs> up strikes back, down. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the like movie shorts afterwards is going to be like sideways. <laughs> exactly. Oblique angle. Oh, 60 degrees, that was great. <laughs> God, I swear. Right. Well, that's, Fucking socially retarded. That's about what uh, pisses me off this week. How about you? Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's enough of, of off pissing for me. Cool. Well, you want to talk a little bit about a lefty's soul connection? Yeah, who who wouldn't want to talk about lefty's soul connection? But, you know, usually you do these these things. You're not doing it this time? No, no. It's, uh, you, this is all up to me? This was the ba- a band that you listened to. You are the bigger fan, so I oh, will defer crap. to you and your uh, your greater right. fanness, fanboyism, fandom. I'll, I'll, I'll fan, fantasy baseball camp. All Rock- right, so Lefty Soul Connection, right? These, you, you've heard them. They're rocking. They, the thing about this band, 
they do the same thing that Rancid does. And I'm not talking about doing that, like, having a hardcore show and then suddenly bursting into, like, a ska song in the middle. The other thing that Rancid does, where you, like, hear a song and you immediately think, oh, yeah, I remember this song. I love this song. It went in actuality. It's, like, the first time you've ever freaking heard the song in your whole entire life. They, they have all these little catchy riffs, and it's just really accessible, great music and you know you try to explain what they're like and you tell them, oh, you know they're funky they're not really soul even though they have the word soul in their name and they're like they're like the meters the old meters the meters before the new directions disc which was a great lp and it was really cool there with tower power but it's not like the meters back when they were all cool and whacked out on heroin allegedly and you know influencing guys like joe perry who's you know would tweak one of the riffs and then come out with a song like walk this way and make more money than God. It's, they're, they're uh, you know, some people say they're like Booker T and the MGs, mm-hmm. but I don't really buy that at all. I don't what, even know more what Booker... because of the instrumental standpoint or. Yeah. Frankly, I don't even know what Booker T and the MGs did besides name themselves after the drummer's car and then well, hook gr- up with a guy who made airplane toilets and listen to his music. And then, you know, turned out that Bill Withers was actually pretty good at writing songs Wrote Lean on Me and just Green, two green Onions, man. Green Onions. Oh. oh green Onions that's, is that's a great fucking song. All right. Yeah, that's kind of metersy. Yeah. Kind of kind of lefty soul connection Yeah. Yeah. Sort of the real basic. I mean, they're real stripped down. They get it done with a bass guitar, drums, percussion, a Hammond organ, and then occasionally they'll lay down a track with vocals, like mm. their like their new one, like Have Love Will Travel, which is very cool in a woggle sort of way. And if you don't like the Woggles, I don't even know why I'm bothering to talk to you. You should just turn off the podcast right now because you're not worth it. But their main strength is their instrumental music. They put the drums way out in front of the rest of the music. So your, your, your feet start moving as soon as you hear it. And then your ass follows. And then all the uptight guitar dicks can bitch about how the cymbals are too far forward. And then they, they get the, <laughs> the keyboard going. And they get the, you know, it's just, it's just really great, basic, stripped down, funky, sounds old, is new stuff and it's new i mean they haven't been around that long they uh they started uh, putting out music back in 2002 and doing the complete opposite of what they're supposed to be doing they were releasing 45 rpm records played on a phonograph that's fucking cool putting out vinyl singles in this day and age you know what i mean yeah isn't that isn't that that is i absolutely respect that yeah so they're putting out they started out with uh a disc, a single, you know, doing the thing, and it was back with Generator Oil. Generator Oil is a song, another great example of what I'm talking about. You listen to the drums, you know, right off the bat. The drums carry the whole freaking song. No disrespect to the rest of the band, but, you know, frankly, your drums are, are moving the whole thing. And then in 2004, they put out a bunch of music. Almost all of it was on vinyl. They did uh, a single that was Bouncing Ball, backed with Hot Spot. And they did uh, a promotional CD, an actual compact disc. It was uh, Dutch Soul Food. And they did a, a, another uh, vinyl record, a three-song, called V2. And see, eventually, they, most of these analog singles were turned into ones and zeros and combined into a CD called Hotspot, which is absolutely kick-ass. You should listen to it. Which, yeah, the, product- the first, uh, no, we, we'll be listening. You'll hear a few songs from Hutspot throughout this uh, podcast. Uh, check for a full song listing on the Bone Bat page. Right on. 
So Hotspot, very, very cool. Slightly uneven production values, but a very fun, funky CD. Um, if you're listening, you got to listen to like Slingshot. If Slingshot doesn't make you happy, just you should end it right now because nothing's going to make you happy. <laughs> Um, and I should mention that their new single, Have Love Will Travel, it's fronted by uh, uh, the German soul shouter Flomega. And man, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. But he's from a band called Flomega and the Rough Cats, which is a pretty cool outfit as well. They're more of a more, more soul than funk, I would say. They're more... Anyway, but it's the same kind of thing. And that song is a cover of uh, a song by the Sonics, isn't it, Steve? Fuck yeah, that's a the Sonics tune. Which yeah, uh, Seattle. Uh, yeah, from Tacoma, I think, is uh, actually, and, you know, one of the original Garage Rock Kings. And it kind of, you know, interesting little bit of synergy that last week we had the Fuzz Tones on, uh, who uh, the song Strychnine that we opened the show with was a Sonics cover, as well as The Witch, which we played during the show. And then now Have Love Will Travel, which we're going to play under next musical break quite in a minute, uh, is also another Sonics tune. So uh, a lot of love and respect coming to the Sonics right now. Man, I'll say. So then anyway, they, they put out a second uh, full-length CD, the uh, Lefty Soul Connection, not the Sonics. And that CD is Skimming the Scum, and it's Scum with an S-K-U-M. And the track we heard at the top of the show was the first track on that disc, but I am kind of scared to pronounce it because I don't know these foreign words very much. That's How would you say F-A-I? Fado do isn't it? Oh, I thought it was face doo-doo. <laughs> I believe it's because uh, that's a, a Cajun ter- uses a Cajun term also. I think it means a dance, but I'm not 100. percent You know, we went to the Fado Do. I I didn't know you spoke Cajun. That's awesome. I, I don't, but I own a few CDs. <laughs> okay. So th- this second CD, it's um, it also has a lot of great upbeat upbeat tunes like uh, Funky Chick and the the Chank, and it also, but unlike. Their other stuff, I think this one has a few more mellow, groovy songs on it. Uh, a little bit, a little bit slower, but still very, very cool. Songs like Twelve Inch Rims and Skimming the Scum. So after putting out that CD, you'd think, oh great, these guys are going to keep putting out full-length CDs. Nope, nope. Uh, they they put out things since then. They did Code 99. I think they put that in 08. That was a single. Same great upbeat drive. Really smooth, slow keyboard. Um, I think you can hear that one on their MySpace page right now. And uh, they're, they're putting out singles. So you can get their singles on iTunes. You don't have to wait another couple of years for them to compile it into another full-length disc again. Or you can be really super cool and buy the vinyl. And then take your pornograph with your USB connection on the back, stick it into your computer, and <laughs> listen to it that way, I guess. Cool. So there you go. Lefty Soul Connection. Something a little different and something fully... Rockin'. Very cool. Uh, you can also check them out at uh, www.leftiessoulconnection.com, one word. And, and it's uh, lefties, uh, lefties the plural, not lefties the possessive. L-E-F-T-I-E-S, soulconnection.com. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, dude. So, uh, as promised, here is Have Love, Will Travel from... Will Travel. Lefty Soul Connection.
Hey, David. Hey, Jacob. Hey, uh, so what's the name of our show? Pinto Gigante. And uh, what's that show about? It's about metal and other shit. I- is it any good? I like it, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> you have to listen and find out. Well, how often is there a new episode? Every week. Right. Hey, where can I find this podcasting gem? You can find this podcasting gem at www.pintohigante. Oh, and that's P-I-N-T-O-G-I-G-A-N-T-E dot com. All right. Um, yeah, I don't like it. All right. Here, you ask me the same questions, except okay. for the last one. Okay. Right. Here we go. Start the same way. Hey, Jacob. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, David. What's up? It's not on the script. <laughs> Follow the script. Hey, Jacob. Hey, David. What's up? What's the name of this show? Uh, this pin- Who fucking cares? I don't care. Do you? No. Stick with the script. What's this? Na- what's the name of this show? Who cares? All right. What's the show about? Who fucking cares? So, is the show any good? No. How often is there a new episode? Who gives a shit? Where can I find this podcasting gem? Fuck you. Anything else? No. Oh, this is a podcast we're talking about. Yeah. Oh, by the way. All right. Let me try it one more time. Where can we find this podcasting gem, David? At www.pintohigante.com. Is that on the interwebs? It is on the interwebs. Awesome. And we're back. Hi. That was Have Love Will Travel by Lefty Soul Connection. Thank you very much to The Connection for uh, letting us feature your music tonight. Great shit. Indeed. So, dude, it's time for tonight's theme. Uh, I I was thinking this week we should talk a little bit about, you know, everybody, when you go through life, you have situations where you just don't quite come off your best. (laughs) Only when I'm awake. Be it, you know, mildly awkward to the utterly socially retarded. Yeah, I can There's a, a fine spectrum of, of how we are able to socially fuck up. And uh, I, I thought it'd be a good night to, uh, you know, regale folks with a few tales of uh, our own awkwardness. Kind of talk about this because it seems like it's a universal, you know, subject. There's, there's a time in everybody's life where they feel like they're just kind of a fuck up and they're embarrassed about how they behave or something. <laughs> It's true. It's true, and it happens to some more than others. I would say you're you're substantially more sociable than I am. I've, I've got one of two speeds: either I'm, I'm, you know, pretty quiet and just in the background, or I'm, you know, completely loud and inappropriate. And I have a hard time hitting that middle ground where you're supposed to be. Well, that's you know, I I don't want to bring things down too much, but. I have kind of, a, I was born with a birth defect. I was actually born with no inside voice. <laughs> I dated a girl like that once. Hi, Laura. <laughs> the, the, you know, it basically, like my whole life, my mom said one of the first things was like I was in, she was pushing me around in a grocery store or something in a cart and I was babbling. And some woman comes up to her and says, my, he's a vocal little thing, isn't he? <laughs> And you mean my whole life, I've been like the one in class where teachers constantly, hold it, shut up. 
Yeah, and you know, if I had a dollar, I tell you, the intention. Yeah, and if I if I had a dollar for every time the room got quiet right when I was going to say something like "my balls," (laughs) I'd be a rich, rich man. You would. So yeah, my my mouth has always gotten me in trouble my my whole life. There's been a million situations. I don't think I've told this story. This is this isn't you know as you mature things you know happen and you outgrow things. And I'm not sure if I told this story before, but there's a, a, a an Asian market up here that uh, we frequent, and uh, it, this was a couple of years ago. And I'm pushing my daughter in the cart. And I, at the time, you know, we, we I watched things like Akira Kurosawa movies and samurai movies and Iron Chef and stuff like that. So I have some f- familiarity with Japanese culture. And so we're, we're going down the aisle, and I, I turn to Ali, and I say in my best samurai voice, You want some sushi? And I turn around, and there's a Japanese woman just standing there looking at me <laughs> like I, I am a fucking idiot. And I, I just wanted you are to... An idiot. I just wanted to die. <laughs> so, you know, there's, it's, so it's not just when I was a kid, people. It, it's followed me to this day. Yeah. See, my I don't necessarily get in trouble with the volume of my voice necessarily saying inappropriate things too loudly. I say, like, just inappropriate things that I thought about too much or not enough. Like, I was, for some reason, for some reason, I was left... However briefly, with uh, well, just with a friend of of uh, a friend, and this woman is in the room with her, and she just sort of like she's not very good at the the small talk either, and so she confesses to me like on the spot. She's like, you know, uh, you know, I'm 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 a little nervous because it sounds like a bad joke, and this is real. She's because I'm 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 a little overweight, and she was she's a little overweight, and I'm. I'm going to see this therapist to try to, you know, help me with this, this issue because the, this therapist does a, a lot of like sports therapy and, and, you know, helps athletes and stuff. And so I'm hoping that I can, I can get in some kind of exercise program or something and <clears throat> do this therapy. But, you know, I, she was kind of stigmatized by the whole idea of seeing a, a shrink and I go, well, you know, it's not that bad. La, 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 la. And she goes, well, yeah, the thing is, this, this, this person I'm going to see is also like a marriage counselor. And I don't want people to see me going in thinking I'm having marital issues. And so fucking stupid me, this is what I say. I go, yeah, well, I wouldn't worry about it because I understand those kind of places. When you go in, they just give you a name tag with, uh, with your problem written underneath your name. So no one, you know, everyone knows what the deal is. So you go in and you'll see people, they're like, hi, I'm Joe, I'm, I'm uh, having a marital issue. Hi, I'm, I'm Ellen, I'm schizophrenic. And yours will say, hi, I'm Jane, I'm fat. <laughs> Fucking dead silence. Because <laughs> I, just, I just call this woman fat to her face. <laughs> she did not see the humor in that oh, at shit. all. Well, have, have, you ever, have you ever, like, asked a woman if she was pregnant or like made an assumption that she was pregnant and she wasn't, she was just fat. Ooh, wow. That's or large. I, uh, <laughs> Awkward. Right. Yeah. And I try to cover for it by saying, well, oh, you could be, you never know. Well, I, I caught myself before I did. And it was interesting because then the woman went on to tell me how a few weeks later, she was somebody I just started working with, and then she made the comment that, "Well, yeah, actually, I, I was I've been having trouble losing my after ch- the child weight, and I was seeing a sales rep a couple of weeks ago, 
because she had been pregnant for a long time and she took maternity leave. She had the kid. She came back. She was still heavy. And the guy asked her, one of the reps asked her, so when's the kid due again? Don't. Don't. Yeah. That's a tough way to make a sale. So at least that time it wasn't me, but uh, the, the potential is is rife for uh, error. <laughs> yeah, this I, I was at a uh, I was at a party and there were the people I knew well and then people I didn't know at all. And I was in this conversation with a friend who I knew really well, mm. and then her friend who I I completely didn't know, and and this this friend says mentioned something about how she's got. Well, my, my friend says, you know, I work with all these these girls and they're always getting pregnant and I can't believe it. And then she turns to her friend. She goes, well, I guess we won't have to worry about your daughter getting pregnant. The woman goes, no, there's no chance my daughter is going to get knocked up. <laughs> and I didn't know what to do with that information. And so I go, I, I kind of look at her and I'm like, so is your daughter sterile or just really ugly? <laughs> oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> oh, yes, I did. <laughs> And it's almost like I can see the words coming out of my mouth, and I can't. Yeah, <laughs> no, like, oh, you're trying to shove them back in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Turns oh. out her daughter's a lesbian. That's. Wait, who? You know, could get pregnant, but it probably wouldn't be unintentional. Right. Least. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. People just don't get me. That's what my wife says. She's well, that's when people don't get you. <laughs> Well, that's, uh, you know, kind of talking about that, that, that I kind of, you know, I, I'm very fine with like, you know, being, being comfortable around people that I know or have something in common with, uh, but, but there, you know, there are always people that you bump into that you, you like don't really know well enough to really speak too much. And it, like the knock I've heard on me, about me from other people, like after the fact is that I'm like arrogant or aloof. When I've never felt that that's really the case, that it's more that either I know you and I'm comfortable with you and then I can be, you know, gregarious. And then if that's not the case, then I tend to kind of be quiet and, and suss the situation out and see what's going on. And so, you know, that, it's kind of a tough to, position to be in, like when you go to a party and you don't know anybody. Yeah, because, you know, you're a lot of things. You're kind of a dick, but you, you're not arrogant. You're I'm not, not arrogant. a dick. I'm a very kind human being. <laughs> you're a dick. That's bullshit. No, you're you're a fine. You know, speaking of dicks, though, okay, you you remember you were at this party, so this was like uh, end of high school, and uh, Gordon and I live in uh, or lived at the time around Wairika, California, and so this was like we, we were just about to graduate, and uh, there's a neighboring city a few miles away called Mount Shasta, and uh, near Mount Shasta there's this big mountain called Black Butte. You remember this party, Gordon? Yeah, I remember that party. So we we go to this like in a parking lot at the base of the yeah, cinder like, cone. Yeah, by the yeah, so it's basically this big dirt field. So we we drive out to this thing, and I lived in Mount Shasta for all of my young life up until about sixth grade or so, and so then we moved away to Wairika, and so we we were coming back to you know Mount Shasta to to party because there was gonna be a big party with a bunch of other high school kids. And so we're there and we're having a few beers and we're talking. And I see this girl like on the other side of the bonfire who looks really cute. And so I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to go talk to her. And so I walk around, and I come up, and I'm like, hey, what's up? And uh, and she's just, like, really giving me, like, the cold stare. And I'm like, oh, you know, kind of, I don't understand. And so I say, oh, what's your name or something like that? And then I say, I go to say my name, and she goes, oh, yeah, I know who you are. You're, Steve, you're Steve Holitz. You made fun of me every single day in second grade. I oh, hate no. you. You ruined my life. Fuck you. And she oh, storms man. off. And I don't remember this girl at all. And I feel I felt so terrible because it was just like, geez, how, how did I leave such a huge impression on someone when, you know, 
she didn't leave the same impression on me. That's so terrible. See, to put I told you you're a dick. To put yeah, evidently so. So I've actually used that, you know, with my kids. I've told them that story, you know, kind of you don't want to be mean to anybody because, you know, it's just that sort of thing will come back later or mean something later in life. And I told my son, you know, you never know when you're going to want to nail the cute girl at the party and she's going to be pissed. Because <laughs> that's the kind of thing you say to a six-year-old. That's right. You say, <laughs> you may be partying in a dirt parking lot at the base of an inactive volcano with a bottle of wild turkey in one hand and <laughs> the keys to your truck in the other hand. And Holy shit. Yeah. You never know, man. You say you say things and you think they're fine and people don't get them. We went to uh, see a movie a while ago, and how did this go down? It was it was like eleven bucks, and I handed the guy a twenty, mm-hmm. and he goes, "If you give me another one, I'll give you a ten. Okay, I've worked at Taco Bell. I understand what's going on here, so it's just easier to make change. Probably trying to save his ones. Probably everyone's trying to pay with the twenty. And so I go, yeah, okay. And I hand him another one. And he, he hands me back two fives. And I just go, hey, where's my 10? <laughs> and totally like shocked him out of his shoes. And he said, I, uh, uh, I was like, no, man, I'm just kidding. Just... And then he gave me this really dirty look. like thought I was an ass. And my wife was like, you know, people just don't get you. You see, that happens. People just don't get me. <laughs> Except you people listening to this podcast. I just say things. It happens. He was standing in line just a few weeks ago. Standing in line talking to this woman. She's like a friend of her kids, my kids' friends. But I really don't know her very well. Hadn't seen her in like a year because they're in different classes. And we're waiting in line. And this great big black carpenter bee, like a, a big shiny black bumblebee, comes buzz in the crowd and it like buzzes right at us and she goes oh you know ah, I saw it don't worry about that it's a carpenter bee and she goes no I think that thing's trying to bite me and I said no it's a xylophagus insect it just wants to eat your fence it won't bite you <laughs> just like drop the xylophagus insect bomb right in the middle of a casual conversation <laughs> she looks at me like are you what she didn't even know what what the hell to make of me at that point because <laughs> you know I'm usually making fart jokes or something I don't know. It, that's see. This is why I have to stay married to my wife. She's the only one that understands me and lets me use whatever words I want without giving me really weird looks. <laughs> that's pretty good. Well, at least it's big words, though. It's not profanity that gets you in trouble. Well, I'm just as likely to say something crude as I am to say something that sounds like I'm smart, though I'm not. It's just I know a lot of big words. Yeah, they just kind of come out, and a lot of them have fuck in them. <laughs> right smack in the fucking middle of them. <laughs> yeah, socially retarded. Dude, today, just today, walk in the store, want to get a 12-pack of Coke. Walk in the store, and I'm right, it's like right behind this woman, fairly attractive woman, and I'm like thinking, do I know her? Do I not know her? She looks like uh, someone, like a soccer mom that I kind of know. And we end up going to the exact same row. We both go into the drink row, and I'm still behind her, and I'm kind of looking at her, and then her, like, personal radar goes off and knows that suddenly there's this guy behind her looking at her, and so she kind of gives me the, the sidelong, dirty look, like, you know, what the hell is your problem, dude? And I'm like, ah, shoot. So I, I keep walking five feet past her, and there's the Coke. So now she's standing there. I've stopped. She thinks I'm a weirdo anyway. I've stopped, like, five feet to her left. 
and I grab the, the Coke, and it's a 12-pack, and I, it slips out of my hand, and it's like midway up the, the rack of drinks, and so it falls, like end over end, like bang, bang, bang into the drinks, and it hits the ground, and the, the freaking cardboard rips, and I got shit going everywhere, <laughs> and then I, like right next to her, and I kind of look up to go, like, hey, you know, give her the, oh, what can you do, kind of look, and, she, and she's like pointedly not, not looking at me, like pretending I'm not even there. It's just <laughs> awkward. Awkward. I'm an awkward man. Tough, dude. Yeah, so I called her a bitch. <laughs> you don't judge me. You don't know me. You don't know me, you bitch. <laughs> Start throwing cans of coke all over the store. At least something like that won't scar you for life. <laughs> no, not not for life. <laughs> for a while. Listen, I was kind of thinking about like people that I've known who you know e- even as awkward as I've been. That people who were more awkward, like there was a kid in third grade, I think, who, Me. who ate oh. paste, like out of the container with like... Well, everyone this, knows you got to eat paste off a plate. Yeah, but I mean, like right out of the thing, the Elmer's paste, it was fucking disgusting. I wonder what that guy's doing now. And there was yeah, this uh, roommate I had in, in it was kind of after college when I was living in LA. It, we, we'll call him Shecky for the uh, purposes of this. And the guy would always have like the worst jokes, and, and he, he he had an just an innate talent for saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. It was pretty amazing. And then there's this this uh, sales rep who uh, I used to go to lunch with, and it was pretty funny because uh, okay, you know you you have in the course of business you go to lunch with people, and so I'd have lunch with him and I'd sit down and you try to make small talk with the guy and he'd be like so. Uh, you know, how about those Mariners? Oh, yeah, I don't watch sports. Ah, well, what are you reading these days? Yeah, I don't I don't really read. <laughs> he's in the book industry. Yeah, he's in the book play. industry. Oh, well, okay. uh, you seen any movies lately? Huh? No. <laughs> Goes back to his soup. I mean, it was like pulling teeth just to have, like, you know, trying to be sociable with the guy. So, at least I don't have it that bad. Yeah, I guess, like, you, you have friends. <laughs> Granted, they're hundreds of miles away, and you only do a podcast with them once every three weeks. But uh, anything else? You got anything else? No, no. I think I think I've I've awkwarded myself out for the evening. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, let's see here. We've got. Uh, I did send out a little message, and uh, our friend, our good friend Vaughn, has fired in with his own uh, awkward edition. Oh, Jesus Christ. To the evening's uh, proceedings. So, this guy is an awkward addition. So let's uh, let's see what he has to say, shall we? All right. You want to hear about social awkwardness, huh? How about bitching out a podcast that was actually doing a subject that they held back because they were, they were kind of respecting you because you did that, that show first? Huh? Like, I knew you guys were going to fucking do that podcast. Like, we, I knew you guys were going to do a disappointment podcast the week I called and left that message. Christ. I don't know if you don't notice this, but it's me, Vaughn. Ah, uh, another bit of social awkwardness, let me think. Pissing uh, in the kindergarten class when I was six. Uh, straight up pissed right then and there. Just like, not in my drawers, but like, yeah, I guess you can say in my drawers. Because uh, a damn stupid fucking teacher wouldn't let me get up and take a piss. Stupid motherfuckers. Uh, what else? There's something else. There's a whole bunch of awkward things that I've done in my life. Having erectile dysfunction when you're... Age 18. Your first girlfriend fucking laughing at you because you 
because instead of coming in her, you came on her face right before you had sex with her. And that's fine. Uh, what else? What else? I don't know. Leaving this message to you guys, because this got to be fucking awkward to hear some of this shit. Yeah, it probably is. Who the fuck knows, right? All right, boys. You know, even though uh, you guys are kind of been driving me fucking nuts. Yeah, especially Gord. Cock sucker. See, still like you, even though you have been busting my balls and speaking Spanish. I don't even know what you said. Can we get some, like, subtitles or some shit? Maybe you dub over that? Next time you do some kind of weird, you know, explanation of, oh, do not be offended by the man in the, uh, from Jersey, you know? God damn it. All right, boys. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Holy smokes. Wow. It's like every message he leaves, he spirals slightly farther into madness. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, dude, talk about pissing in school. I remember one time, I didn't even remember how old I was, but you, you know how, like, you take a leak, and you're in a hurry. It's lunchtime or whatever, and you'll take a leak, and yeah, you, you don't shake probably quite as good as you should. <laughs> And you button up, and so you come out, and you've got, like, the wet spot on your jeans. And I, so I come out of the bathroom, and I walk out into where everybody's having lunch, and all of a sudden, like, five people start just laughing their ass off at me. Oh, no. Oh, it was brutal. Did you pull the old, oh, my God, somebody pissed on my jeans? <laughs> no, I wish I would have thought of that. That would have been good. But, yeah, no, I was mortified, and I just walked by and went on with my day. Tried yeah, to that was a rough that. day in high school, wasn't it? It was. Actually, I think it probably was in high school. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, really the worst stuff happens, dude. Yeah. The fucked up shit happens in high school. But even even in elementary school, here's a, here's a mortifying thing. And this is more like a situational thing. There was this girl, I think it was like fifth grade, this girl Tamara, that I was just in love with. And so I spent like days thinking about how I was going to write this little note to her, right? And so it was, it was just basically like, oh, I think you're cute. You want to go steady or something like that. And so I reworded it and rewrote it like 10 times, right? And probably shouldn't. Uh, so my thought was that I was going to leave it on her desk at the start of school. And she would probably read it and be so, you know, taken with my charms that I would hear about it later and it would be awesome. So I leave it on her desk. Bad idea. So as people come into the classroom, another guy in the room sees this note sitting on her desk and says, oh, oh who left a note for Tamara? And so he opens oh, no. it up and like reads it in front of 10 kids. And again, I was mortified and wanted to die. So. Oh, that's L- awful. That's really Lesson awful. learned that, uh, you know, it situationally probably wasn't appropriate for me to leave a letter there. Was she charmed afterwards? No, I, I don't know. You know, I really don't think. I don't think she liked me, so no. It, it was a it was a bad crash on reentry. <laughs> <laughs> and then years later, at the foot of Black Butte, she accosted you in a parking that bitch, lot. No, that wasn't her. Different. Girl. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, you know, we haven't talked about him in a long time. But my good friend Bake, he's he's experienced some severe awkwardness, socially inappropriateness. Uh, just about every time he's walked into a video store because he for a while there he was just invariably like getting hung up on the displays walking into you know things and knocking them over he was like a just 
just an absolute wreck inside the video stores. The Canadian version of Netflix is the only thing that's <laughs> preserved his dignity. You can't walk into one of those places. Oh, I'm like that too. I'll bump into shit displays and stores all the time and have to pick stuff up. Or, or you so like those, you know those like strips that are on the side that have, they have little clips that hold like bags of gummy bears and shit yeah. that are spread interspersed throughout the store. And so you're in a tight aisle with cart traffic going two ways and you bump it with your shoulder and five fucking bags of gummy bears fall on the ground. And you got to sit there picking up that shit and it's like this slippery plastic so it doesn't like <laughs> clip really good. And they overpacked them anyway for maximum merchandising appeal. And so you're trying yeah. to, like, slide the fucking things back in. Ugh. <laughs> but yet it would be socially unacceptable for me to leave the fucking things on the ground and just walk on. You just step on them as you walk by. <laughs> right. That's what you get for being a dumb asshole and overpacking the display. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I once, saw, once again, bake. I once saw bake in a store and they had these, like, banners hanging down from the ceiling and it says Aloha Days or Save at Albertsons or something and it's just like a big you know five foot strip of material something weighting it down to keep it from you know flapping in the breeze and he's such a tall guy he walks up to it and just he just kind of he's gonna headbutt it just, just to kind of you know whap it with his head and what he didn't realize is what's weighting it down is like an iron bar that's in the bottom of it about an inch in diameter so he just walks up and goes, Quang! Just freaking brains himself right in the middle of Albertsons. Oh, that was shit. awesome. And socially retarded. <laughs> That's pretty brutal. Yeah. It made noise, man. It was great. <laughs> well, shit. So, Vaughn, I mean, guys from New Jersey, man, they're kind of savants, aren't they? They can swear like all get out, and they're having sex when they're age 18. Yeah, what's that all about? I don't know, man. That's kind of prodigious, isn't it? Holy shit. It's something. Yeah. Statutory... I can't think of the word. <laughs> Grape? Grape, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, thanks for calling in, Vaughn. And uh, just for your own edification, uh, my, uh, my last week's uh, Spanish disclaimer, tr- loosely translated, was something like, the opinions of Vaughn do not reflect the views of the Bone Bat Show, its lackeys, or wholly owned subsidiaries. My penis is the size of a bus. Now, I don't know how that whole penis thing got in there. I think, the, frankly, I think it was a Babelfish error. I'll have to look <laughs> into that. But, uh, yeah, that, that's in a nutshell what it says. Glad to be of service and uh, help you with the uh, translation. Thanks yeah, for calling. Yeah. Okay, and uh, so that's pretty much it for uh, the... <laughs> Social awkwardness, I guess. Uh, we do have another little bit of feedback I'd like to play, though. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Hey, Stephen Gord. This is Jacob from uh, Pinto Gigante. I uh, just want to let you know that your last episode, the Bone Bat's Guide to Life episode, uh, did actually help me out. I, I was on the way to the bathroom, and I noticed that uh, my shoe was untied. And immediately, this is the same day of listening to the podcast, too, by the way. Uh, immediately, uh, my thoughts go to the fact that I just heard that I shouldn't tie my shoes inside the bathroom. I should tie them before going into the bathroom. So, I uh, go down, tie my shoes, uh, enter the bathroom, do my business, thinking about the fact that you'd actually helped me out. Uh, anyway, with my mind on that, I did my business and left the bathroom and realized that I had forgot to wash my hands. Uh, 
And this normally wouldn't be such a big deal, except uh, it was the number two. So, uh, thanks a lot, I think. Peace! Peace, Jacob. <laughs> so that's pretty good. All right. Well, I'm glad we could help somebody. It does, does that make you feel good to know that we're making a difference? It does, and we really are making a difference. We are, and uh, so that's pretty awesome. And speaking of Pinto Higante, uh, I just wanted to say happy anniversary, boys. Uh, this week, uh, the day that this airs, uh, their 52nd episode should be available. So congratulations for making it uh, 52 episodes. That's uh, quite an achievement. Yeah, what is the 52nd anniversary? Is that the, the gold sphincter anniversary? Or? I'm not sure. I think it's balsa wood. I think so. <laughs> and they put the balls in balsa wood, let me tell you. <laughs> they do, exactly. So congratulations, Jacob, and thanks for calling in. So uh, I think that's it for the main theme, sir. Uh, how about a little uh, multimedia triage? Yeah, you know what triage. I'd, you know what I'd like to talk about? I like to talk what? about Star Trek the movie. What are you talking about? Just don't give any spoilers because I haven't seen it yet. Why didn't you go see it? I'm gonna. Fuck. Okay. Well, Not this is easy for me, you know. I think we talked about this a little bit last episode, like, you know, that we were both kind of excited to see it. And my comment kind of was that, that I've never been, really been much of a Trekkie. Yeah. Like, I, I, I used to watch Star Trek, the original series, like, every day when I came home from elementary school, like, in third grade. I'd come home from school, and I'd watch it every day. And I was pretty into it. And then yeah, Star Wars came out, and I got hooked up into that. And, you know, the, then the later Star Trek stuff, shows like Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and all that, were, were sort of entertaining, but there was always kind of like a, a sterileness and a cerebralness about it that, well, there, there would be a good show here and there, but it never really kind of grabbed me. And it, it, the same thing with the movies. The movies started coming out, and for the most part, some of them sucked and some of them were okay, but none of them were ever fantastic. I mean, even Wrath of Khan was fun to yeah. an extent, but it wasn't like the best movie of that year. But Star Trek the movie was fucking amazing in the fact that it was so goddamn fun. And it brought back so much for me. I, I'm not a Trekkie. I was a freaking Trekkie. When I was in third grade, dude, I wrote a, a Star Trek play that we <laughs> acted out in my school class. Like with Klingons and like I had written the whole script out. And it got a shirt that was blue, and my mom put cloth tape on it so I could be Spock. And, wow. and like, yeah, I was totally into it. My one birthday right around then, I got the little playset with the Mego dolls. I had, like, Kirk and Spock and McCoy and the little Transformer thing that you'd spin real hard with your thumb. If you caught your hand in it, it would damn near rip your finger off. <laughs> like, I was totally into Star Trek back then. And, you know, I haven't had as much fun with Star Trek what, that, I, that I had watching this movie since it was Kirk kicking the shit out of the Gorn and making out with, like, the green chicks back in the day. It was that much fucking fun. Uh, man, I can't wait to see the it. I would have seen it Sunday, but... And the, the actors, like, do a pitch-perfect job of getting the characters... So you have these little moments of, like, Kirk smirking at Spock acting, you know, goofy. 
and it just it feels so right and so perfect and it has what is bar none i've got to say one of the best action sequences i've seen in a film in the last five years wow and you'll know when you see it i'm not going to spoil it all right cool they even now tell did- me tell me for the love of god please tell me that if it has an action sequence they don't do that stupid freaking bounce the camera around like they're it's like it's a handheld camera like they they've grown up and they don't they, don't do it there's there's some quick cut on. editing and so a little bit of hand cam or artificial hand cam because there's a lot but they're of not CGI doing the, the sequence bounce, but it's not right? it's not like burn supremacy or something oh thank god but or, or or Cloverfield, which is probably what you're getting at, since it's the same. No, movie. I actually didn't see JJ Cloverfield. Abrams. That was one of the reasons too. <laughs> I I'm, I think I'm one of the. I don't know if I'm rare or not. I really enjoyed Cloverfield. I thought it was it was definitely like a kind of an uh, an in theater event, and I really enjoyed seeing it. So I don't know, but not everybody did. That 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 sort of bugged them. And you know, Julie gets like seasick at the drop of a hat. She's like the quiz master. And she was she was fine with Cloverfield, so you know the shaky didn't bug her. But anyway, back to Star okay. Trek. Uh, I just thoroughly fucking enjoyed it, and they they came up with a plot that works so well because it there's like a sort of a time factor in it that basically doesn't invalidate anything that's happened in the series previously. It all can live in the same universe and work together. Oh, and that's nice. Yeah, it, it just. I, I can't say I, I, I was not expecting it to be good as it was, and I enjoyed myself. I was sitting there with the biggest fucking grin the whole two hours on my face. Absolutely loved it. So check it out. If anybody was on the fence, any listeners, you guys, seriously, if you were on the fence about seeing it, go see the fucking movie. It's fantastic. And if if you did grow up like I did, knowing and loving those characters from back when they were fun, and, you know... I. I mean, you know, Spock and Kirk went to battle with Abe Lincoln. That's how fucking fun that show used to be. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. And this movie captures that that essence of just sheer enjoyment. So please check it out. You do yourself a favor. I, I loved it. Wow. Okay. And I will. I will. I'll check it out. What have I seen lately? I, because I'm so far behind the times, I finally rented the DVD uh, Sunshine. Oh, the Danny Boyle. So, Hootie what? Danny Boyle? Is it the one about the spaceship that's going to the sun to reignite it with a bomb? That's the one. Yeah. See, you know all this stuff. Well, yeah, that's cool that's another one. I went and I saw that because, you know, oh, it's the guy from 28 Days Later, so. No, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And yeah. Slumdog Millionaire. No. Okay. Jeez, God, look at you. I just thought it was a cool outer space movie with cool outer space stuff. Ooh. Granted, the premise of the movie is so completely preposterous that you just have to immediately dismiss it and get on to enjoying the movie. Because, I mean, come on, what? They're going to put all the atomic, all the fissile material on Earth in a bomb in the sun and restart the sun? Nah, I don't think so. You mean you but, can't you can't kickstart the sun like a old Kawasaki? <laughs> no, not like an. If anyone out there is a uh, an astrophysicist and would like to show me the error of my ways, I'm all ears. But I'm pretty sure you could take the entire Earth, fissile material and all, and put it in the sun, and you would have the equivalent of like a little bitty sunspot burp, and that would be that. Anyway, very very cool movie. The the best sound in any DVD I've ever played on my 
at, at home so far. I mean, there the whoop, whoop, whoop of fans. I kept thinking there was, like, stuff in my house. It was great sound, great special effects, cool movie, last five minutes of the movie aside, and completely preposterous nature of the movie aside. Still a cool movie. Mm. Even though it had a shitty ending, it didn't ruin you, it for You know, me. yeah. that's I, I enjoyed everything, but, like, the last ten minutes before the epilogue because it all of a sudden went fucking wonky and you're and it was one of those deals where you come out uh, you know julie and i sat there for 10 minutes trying to unravel what the fuck we just saw and we had the opportunity to rewind it rewatch it again and again and go no that i i don't know so I'm not going to spoil it, but it, it, it's a little, it's got a little bit of a mixed up ending, I thought. Yeah, but still great stuff when they're outside and the, the, the panels. Oh, man. Yeah, it looks fabulous. And it's got some fabulous sequences in it. Like the yeah. whole docking station sequence when that gets knocked into a cock hat. That was mm-hmm. fucking cool. And there, were, there was a lot of things like that. It good acting in it, I thought. Oh, Very acting good acting. Yeah, the... Uh, casting was good you know i liked everybody in it so it, it had more there was more to it that i liked than i didn't i, I would definitely say yeah and it definitely other- had that sort of like alien silent running kind of 70s sci-fi movie flavor to it as well yeah it did only with far better cameras <laughs> yeah yeah like you said it looked fabulous yeah, yeah definitely worth checking out up. but yeah the, i didn't love the ending <laughs> Okay, so last episode, you were all cool, and you you started talking about this book called The Strain, and you know it's not even available in stores yet. But you know Steve gets a copy and he reads it. Well, I want you to know that you're not the only one around here. I'm pretty cool too, and I got an advanced reader's edition of of that same book, and uh, and read it, and it was it was really cool. Didn't I send you the book? Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> where I got it. So, well, what did you think of the book? Oh, it was the best vampire book since Salem's Lot. Maybe even better than Salem's wow, Lot. Wow, that that's saying something. Book. Yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it too. But that's uh, that's no yeah. faint praise, my friend. No, that that book was fantastic. I I can't give away any spoilers. You've already talked about it a lot. But the thing the thing is, that book is so cool, and it's only part one of a three part series. Yeah. Isn't it nice to know that there's more of that shit coming down the pike? Yeah, I just hope he doesn't pull a George R. R. Martin. He won't. This is Guillermo del Toro. The guy is like a workaholic. He's constantly working on three movies, and you know now he's a novelist as well with Chuck Hogan. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, cool. I'm I'm so thrilled to hear that you enjoyed it. That's that's really yeah. cool. I, I completely love that book. That was great. Thanks. Oh, you're very welcome. So, yeah, check out the Strain. I think it's coming out in June. And uh, especially you horror fans out there, you will dig the shit out of it. Oh, and I'm reading this book, and it's like as as this is going on, this this vampire infestation that's about to occur or is starting to occur is being treated like a potential bioterrorist attack or some sort of plague event. You know, the CDC is the lead agency investigating this, and I'm reading this book as the whole swine flu thing is breaking. So it was ugly, extra creepy. 
Oh, that's that's that is a cool tie-in. And then, uh, you know, on after that, since there isn't going to be another one, I, I'm not sure if I mentioned this last episode, but Patient Zero by Jonathan Mayberry is it, it's not the same exact you know sort of thing, but it, it's a zombie story, but based upon biological terrorism is kind of the factor that brings the zombie plague into play. And it's a fantastically fun book as well. So that's another one to check out. If, uh, you know, you're looking for something to read after the strain until the next episode comes out. For the next installment, rather. Right on. Cool. So uh, that's all I've got. You got anything else? I got nothing. Filthy jokes. Filthy jokes. Who's going first this week? I am. Okay. So this uh, this man has a hooker in his hotel room. Okay. And he says, so... Uh, uh, how much is it? And she goes, it's 200 bucks. It's okay. 200 bucks. Fine. Let's do it. So, uh, Hooker starts taking off her clothes. The guy jumps into bed, yanks off his pants, and just starts beating off. Just furiously yanking it. And the Hooker looks at him and she goes, what are you doing? He goes, what? At 200 bucks, you think I'm going to let you have the easy one? Because, <laughs> you know... It's- harder to come the second time. Yeah, I, I thought it was funny. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Shit, if you have to explain it. Okay, Fine. so there's, there's this guy, uh, Bob, we'll call him. Bob oh. goes into the public restroom, and he sees this guy standing at the urinal. The guy's got no arms. And Bob goes in, and he, he takes a leak, and he's just thinking about this poor bastard, and he's wondering how he's going to take care of his business with no arms. So the guy, he's kind of, you know, kind of shifting around and trying to get his belt to fall, and it's not really working. And Bob finishes up, and he starts to walk out, and the guy says, Hey, I I hate to trouble you, but can you help me out here? So Bob's kind of like, on the one hand, uh, that's kind of fucking nasty. But on the other hand, well, you know, he's a good guy. He's a good human being, and he, you know, he wants to do the right thing. So he he says, Okay. The man says, can you, can you unzip me and pull it out for me? And so Bob says, uh, all right. So he, he unzips it and pulls it out. And he, the guy's penis is fucked up. It's got all kinds of mold on it, red bumps, <laughs> clumps of hair, rashes, scabs, pus. It's fucking, it reeks to high heaven. It's just awful. It's fucking horrible. And... Basically, then the guy says, you know, hey, can you point it for me? And so Bob kind of holds it and stands back and says, yeah, fine, whatever. And so the heat guy finishes up and Bob shakes it for him and puts it back and, and zips it up for him. And the guy tells Bob, well, uh, thanks, man. You know, I, I really appreciate you doing that for me. And Bob says, no problem, but can I ask, what in the hell is wrong with your penis? And the guy pulls his arms out of his shirt and says, I don't know, but I sure as hell ain't touching it. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Thank you. I aim to please. All right, so that's it for episode 25 of the Bone Bat Show. Uh, I'd like to thank again Lefty Soul Connection, hailing thank from Amst- Amsterdam. Thanks for the great music, fellas. Check their shit out at LeftySoulConnection.com. Also, you can find the new single "Have Love Will Travel" on iTunes. Uh, there's a, it's like a 45. You get two tracks for like a buck 98 or something like that. Uh, pretty cool deal and pretty easy to order. Uh, to our listeners, thanks as always for listening. You can leave a review for us if you like what you hear on uh, iTunes, the Zoom Marketplace, or Zencast. 
Uh, if you'd like to uh, submit something to the show, if you have your own tales of social awkwardness or even just something that pisses you off, please give us a call at 206-203-3115. Also, uh, you can find us at the Bone Bat Forums at bonehand.com slash forums. Uh, you can follow me. I am Bonehand on Twitter. I've got new content almost every Sunday on Bonehand.com. Sorry about last week, but uh, I had to put in some Mother's Day time, so I didn't get anything new. But hopefully this episode makes up for it. How about you, Gord? What do you got? MightyWombat.com. Go there. DavisLifeMagazine.com. Got a column there, too. They call me the funny man, G.J. Calkins. Never really liked that title, but uh, that's what they call it. What's your column call called? Urban Scrawl? Suburban Scrawl. Suburban Scrawl, that's right. Like, Suburban Sprawl, except it's... You know, right. I know, you have to explain it. Because you, the second time, it's harder to... Because um, you type your articles. So I do. You scrawl. No, no, I do. I just... really scrawling at all. All right. Are we still on? We're, we're going to get the fuck out of here. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. This is Steve. This is Gord. Bye. See ya. Yeah, that worked that worked out well. <laughs>